listening to Impact Izzo, the student voice of Michigan State University basketball, bringing you news, updates, and more. What is up, members of the Izone, and welcome back to Impact Izone Season 7, Episode 8. I think I was off last time and what episode we were on, but we're back on track. Episode 8, um, it's me, Julian Mitchell, back in the host chair, joined by Trent Bally and Natalie Kerwin, and a special guest for today's episode, Jaina Bardal from the State News, beat reporter for the Men's Hoops team. Jaina, welcome on to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. No problem. Trent, Natalie, everybody, how we doing? How's everybody's Friday? Another Fantastic, Friday. dog. It's great. It's good. What a time Happy to be alive. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first person that's, well, besides like texting, I guess. Does that count? Does texting count? It counts. Because my mom said no. I was going to so say, did your mom say? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Nice. But happy Valentine's Day to you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. It's great to be here. Good morning. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> Sun shining. Sun is shining. Everything's great. Trent heard California girls earlier today. I did. I did. <laughs> Gets you feeling some type of way. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm glad everyone's having a how good are time. You? I'm great. No one ever asks how the whole Thank you is. for asking. Thank you. Like, I appreciate it. I'm just it. as guilty of that as I blame other people for it's it. It's okay. So how, are you, you're good? I'm good. Awesome. I'm good. Thank right. you. I actually, I'm doing what you do and go, actually, I'm not great. I'm fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> having a good time, uh, but good. Glad to be here. Trent, I want to ask you, how was Champagne? And Jana, you were there as well, so yes. how was Champagne? Yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about it. The seating was interesting. We were yeah. way up high, but it was cool. I mean, like. The arena was cool, and Champaign's yeah. a really cool town. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was a cool arena and um, a great game, a great game to be there for. So yeah, no doubt. It was weird too because as soon as the game ended, there was no reaction mm-hmm. because the, what it was like had to be what like ninety eight percent Illinois fans. Yeah. It was like I didn't see any green. Yeah, hardly. No, it was hard to find yeah. it. And then you know because orange is such a vibrant color to begin yeah. with, so yeah. it's like I Pops, I can't right. see anything but orange. Yeah. But um, yeah, when the game ended, it was kind of just like, yeah. is it done? I is mean, it was over? it was so stressful. I remember going going into the half. I I looked it up, and I think MSU had like their biggest first half lead on the road they'd had all season. So I was feeling pretty good. I was writing yeah. the gamer that so game. Was I was I. like, I'm gonna write it <laughs> yep. as they win. And then and I think it was like the last six minutes were back and forth, one point, one point, one point. And my editor was with me. He looked at me. He's like, Yeah, you should just throw that one out. Like your whole story's <laughs> oh. in these last six minutes here. So. It was stressful for sure, but um, I think they definitely needed to pull out that win, so that was good for them. For sure. And you both got out great stories. Mm-hmm. Thank good you. to that, because I would have died trying to write a game <laughs> recap in that Dude, moment. Dude, I'm yeah. not going to Throw the whole laptop away. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was about ready to, like, throw it across the yeah. area. Like, and, and we cut up from where we yeah. were sitting. You just yeah. see a laptop yeah. fly. <laughs> because, Dude, I'm telling you, it was just, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. You go from up 19 to up only one, and then it's like you're down by yeah. as many as, what was it, three? Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, it was nuts. I was trying to, trying to write my recap. Then my, my Wi-Fi was going out, yeah. too, and I was just not, ha- <laughs> so I was typing it on my phone. <laughs> and then we get down to the media room, and I had to, like, text it, like, copy-paste, text this huge, like, paragraph That's to Joe. That's funny, because I did that, to, too. I forgot. Yeah. The two things I forgot are probably the most important things you would need. I forgot my AirPods and oh. my laptop charger. So Ooh. I was oh, writing no. my story. Laptop was dying. I was, like, listening to the audio through my phone, and I had to finish yeah. the story on my phone also. So we grind right. in journalism. Yeah. That's what we do. That's all no, good. That's student media right Any there. Any means possible. <laughs> Let's go. Solari's not doing that. No. Come I'm on. not as cool as that either. I had my stuff, <laughs> but, I'm, you know, it's whatever. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm it glad awesome. it was a great trip to Champagne. Natalie and I couldn't make it. Miss you guys, but... 
We missed you. Glad it was a great trip. Thank you. <laughs> Thank wow. you. I really missed you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was say, I did. I did. Well, thanks. Glad it was a great trip. Glad you guys enjoyed it. And, of course, Michigan State comes out with a win there. Uh, we're going to start first, though, with the Michigan game. That game was on Saturday? Or was it was Saturday? Saturday yes. Yeah, Saturday. Um, Michigan State goes on the road to Ann Arbor and uh, ended up dropping that game to Michigan. Dropped it to Wolverine. 77-68 would be the third game in a row for the Spartans. Uh, quickly, because that game was a little far out, want to get thoughts, takeaways uh, from this Michigan game. I think it was just one of those times where – Someone, you know, does a lot more for the opposing team than you think. The Spartans have had a couple games like that, but they've been on the opposite end of it. They've been winning. Miles Powell with uh, Seton Hall. There's also the – I'm blanking on his name, the kid from Georgia who dropped – Anthony like Edwards. Yes, him as well. And guys are just going off against Michigan State. It makes me a little apprehensive for uh, the Spartans' sake when you take on a guy like Luca Garza at Iowa. You can't let people just, like, take it over. But not not saying Xavier Simpson necessarily did that, but he did something that he doesn't usually do. He hit four three-pointers. And, you know, obviously having Isaiah Livers back was a huge plus for the Wolverines. So I think they just took that and ran. Yeah, for sure. I think going off, Michigan was sinking. Their first four baskets were all three points. And MSU didn't have a three-point bucket until the second half. And they really, they just fell too far behind. They're not the type of team where, especially on the road, if they let that lead get away, they're not going to be able, even if they can bring it close, they've, proven it's very hard for them to get over that hump and just claim the lead no matter how close they bring it so definitely that game as simple as it sounds it was the slow start in the three points three point baskets in my opinion right it was tough because Michigan State was on a four game win streak against Michigan and not only was it a rivalry game rivalry game but there was a lot on the line since Michigan State was trying to not make it you know I mean, they weren't trying to lose, obviously. And then Michigan hasn't been doing great this season as well. So they were trying to redeem themselves. But like you said, Jana, it was their slow start. That's been a problem. That's been a big trend, um, you know, within this past month of games, lack of shooting and scoring. And it took Cassius a while to get going as well as some of the other players, which, you know, definitely <clears throat> affected the team. And, you know, Michigan State fell behind by double digits in the first half, which was a struggle for them. And they only led the game within one when Cassius hit a three in the beginning of the second and then Michigan just went on an 11-4 run and they just regained control of the whole game. So it was just the slow start really impacted them. And, you know, the only thing that kept Michigan State in this game was their free throw shooting, which the Spartans were 9 of 10 in the first half, 11 of 14 in the second, and Cassius was able to make all seven of his attempts. So that's really, I guess, what saved them, even though they couldn't pull through. I agree with all of you. I think for the Wolverines, you look on their side, I think Isaiah Livers was huge. Uh, having him back to to spread the floor, to be another shot maker, a guy who can create and get his own shot, I thought was big for Michigan and for the Wolverines to get that back in the offense. The biggest thing I look at this game and I take away from it is defensively the Wolverines finally figured out how to slow down Cassius Winston. and He, he ends with 20 points and shoots 5 of 18 from the field, but he really has to work for those shots. And I, I thought in this one, being able to limit him because he's diced up this Michigan team in the the last three four times that they've played each other. He's found ways to to get other guys the ball to score on his own and be efficient. He was inefficient in this one, and I thought that was that ended up being the biggest key. They limited him and the supporting cast. The biggest one I think you look at, at the cast helping him out was Gabe Brown, who goes 0 of five um, from the field and 0 of three from three point range. And I just I, I don't know. Obviously, we talk about a third score in Aaron Henry, but I still think. Shooting the basketball from beyond the arc is a huge missing key mm-hmm. for this Michigan State team. Well, of course it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you, you need a couple guys. Obviously, Gabe Brown, Kyle Lawrence is another guy that you would like to see get going a little bit from behind the arc. 
Um, but, you know, we're going to talk about the Illinois game coming up here. It seems like the Spartans got back on track a little bit in that aspect. So that's actually, you know, that's nice to see, especially in a hostile environment like uh, Champaign. Yeah, and so we will move on now to the Illinois game because there definitely is a lot from the Michigan game that fo- <laughs> falls forward into the Illinois game. Uh, Spartans go on the road to Illinois to Champaign and get a must-needed win over the Fighting Illini, 70-69, to a barn burner, a nail biter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was a crazy game going down into the final few minutes there. I think the perfect place to start is is with the first half and the absolute shooting clinic the Spartans put on in that first half. Seemed like everybody on the floor could make a shot in the in the beginning. And I thought for for once for this Michigan State team, that was the biggest reason you end up with this win is that they came out first and Illinois kind of was Michigan State and all their other road games. They had mm-hmm. to fight out of a hole and come back, and it ended up, ended up coming up short. Um, so for me, all the shooting uh, early on in the first half was a huge sign of a, a good win for Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the Spartans shot 39% from three for the game, and that's I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but that's got to be the best in a while. Um, I guess if there was one concerning area in that aspect, it's just that there were no threes off the bench. Gabe Brown not hitting one, Foster Lawyer and Kyle Lawrence all going over two. So um, I guess that's one area where you'd try to like look at some depth and get some three-point uh, baskets there. But overall, man, you just get a win in Champaign. I think the Spartans had to win this game. You get the monkey off your back. You're not like – you know, you if you let that one slip, I think I it's tough to mentally bounce back from that. I don't care how tough you are. You know, that's 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 gonna be your fourth loss in a row. You're coming to play Maryland at home, who's the ninth ranked team in the nation right now. And suddenly you go from, you know, be just eking out a win against Illinois to now you're maybe, you know, you, your confidence is a lot higher against a team like Maryland than maybe it otherwise would have. But if you look at the game overall, Rocket Watts obviously had his career high. He played excellent. Xavier Tillman hitting the three in the beginning of the game, you know, that's something he hasn't done in a while too. So um, it, it was just good. To, it was good to see. And I think the last thing for me would just be that Michigan State won a game with Cassius Winston maybe as the third or fourth best player on the mm-hmm. on the court instead of number one. You know, Cassius was not great in this game. But um, the ability of Xavier Tillman and Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts to uh, step up, Thomas Kithier coming in and playing some great minutes, that is something that is very encouraging for this team. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I think one of the biggest takeaways, like you said, was Winston not being the... He, they took a lot of pressure off him, which they've been talking about for a while. They need to take the pressure off of Cassius when they're on offense because during their th- three-game kind of slump there, he everything was all the pressure was on him, and it can't all be on him. They need other people to step up and score. So he only played 25 minutes, which I looked up. He was, it was the lowest time he's played since the last time MSU saw Illinois when they were at home because uh, he got into foul trouble. So I think it showed a lot that they were able to, when he sat out, that's when Illinois got back, but they were able to figure it out, especially Rocket Watts. He was 9 for 14, 21 points. Izzo always says like not to think too much into it. Like He had, he was like, he had one good game, don't think too much into it. But I think they need Watts to show up like that, and I hope that he he's he's become a lot more mature. It's I think it's really fun mm-hmm. to see, to compare him. In the beginning of the season, he was kind of throwing shots from wherever he wanted, and still he'll put up a shot where you're like, okay, that wasn't the shot, but it, it went in. So he's he's figuring it out, and they I think the Spartans need him to step up as, as a scorer like he did in Illinois. I think he saved them a lot. Right. <clears throat> this team played hard. I think you could tell in the first half guys were moving, sharing the ball. And I think this was good for Michigan State to snap this three-game losing streak that they were on. This is what people have been looking for from them. Um, so the first half, you know, you couldn't ask for anything better. But 
the second half, you could see they went back to some of the mistakes that they've seen all year, and that's how the game got so close. But, you know, when a game's on the line, that's when veterans need to step up like Cassius and Xavier Tillman, and we could see that on that last play. Um, and other guys need to contribute, too, <clears throat> at other crucial moments, which Rocket Watts did with a career-high 21 points. Um, so it was nice to see him step up after he had not a, a not-so-good game at Michigan and take that scoring burden off of Winston, which people have been harping on. Um, so it was nice that you know, he stepped up and, you know, someone has to step up when Cassius isn't having a great night or he gets into foul trouble like he did at Illinois. So, you know, I think part of the reason for these common slow starts that Michigan State has had is because of that immediate pressure out of the gate on Cassius to just, you know, start going, start being on fire, getting all these points. But it was nice that Rocket took that immediate pressure off of him. And I think that really helped this team. Um, so like you guys said, yeah, nine for 14 shooting, two threes, 21 points. That was great for, for him. And I think with him, it's all about confidence. I hope we see him have these kind of numbers again going into you know this last stretch of Big Ten play and during March. Um, so it was nice to see that from him. I'm really impressed with how he played. They were great shots too. I think that was the the biggest thing I look back at. And Janie, you said on it too. He doesn't look he doesn't look as sped up anymore. He, mm-hmm. He's getting into good spots. He's taking good open looks. And the twenty one points was huge. And it's twenty one from him. It's thirteen from Aaron Henry. And this is where we've been kind of battling throughout this entire season of what Aaron Henry are you going to get? What Rocket Watts are you going to get? What is the the right mixture of supporting players that you need to surround Winston um, and Tillman? And I felt like in this game. This might be, it isn't perfect, but it might be the most idealized version of what you're going to get, even if, if Winston has a great game from the other two guys. And I, I want to ask you guys, is this, do you think there are more lineup changes? Is there anything else that could possibly push this team forward? Or is it, you just kind of have to go in every game hoping Rocket Watts can maybe give you 10 plus and Aaron Henry can give you 10 plus and this could be the mixture to win? I think that um, it's hard to say. I think co- coming into this game against Maryland, I think we'll be able to get they're still struggling. They still don't know what the perfect lineup is. The starting lineup is still switching. I was going to ask you guys that. Like, do you think Watts is better as a starter or coming off the bench? Like, who do you think they should work as, like, their official starting lineup? Um, I think it's still it's still nerve-wracking because the team has been so inconsistent to just, um, like, put all the pre- – assume that Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts are going to show up as consistent as they did against Illinois. Um I hope they do. I think they need to in order for the Spartans to pull out wins like they did against Illinois. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I think it'll be in, very telling how they play against Maryland and if they can, for a second straight game, still bring that same shooting abilities that they did at Illinois. Exactly. I think that's key. And that's, I mean, great question. You should be you should fill my shoes behind this host, Mike. <laughs> but that's exactly, I'll, I'll toss that question out there. Starting five for everybody. I'll, I'll give you mine because I was... I think one I have, it's experimental, and I don't know if Izzo's going to roll with it, but I'm a big fan of a Winston, Watts, Henry, Brown, Tillman lineup mm-hmm. going smaller because I just don't I don't think you know exactly what you're getting out I of think Malik Hall and everybody thing. else at that four spot. And I think the, the, the person you're most sure about to at least be there is Gabe Brown. And mm-hmm. personally, I think this lineup just works better. I, I think if they're able to run fast, get out of the gates, and then shoot, this could be a really great lineup. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think that's the lineup that Tom Izzo likes the most. I think the reason that you didn't see that against Illinois is just because of size. Um, I'm going to butcher his – well, it's Kofi Coakburn and the, the other guy, Bishan Ishvile, something like that. What's what's his last name? I think that was pretty I good. I think yeah, that I was, think was, that was yeah, good. We're going to go with that. Yeah. Well, I'm just – it's just like a, no, I think it's, that, a, it's a Z and a, a silent H. and a, it's a, Yeah, it's, it's very foreign. I like it's a good it. Name. That was great. That was a great name. But – 
you look at those kind of guys, they're, they're both uh, near seven-footers, mm-hmm. and if you put that lineup out there, you're going to struggle a little bit with matchups, and I think that's the only reason we saw Marcus Bingham start in this Illinois game because, I mean, calling it how it is, Marcus Bingham has been borderline unplayable for stretches. You know, he's, He still he, played 11 minutes here. That's still, the crazy thing. He started played 11, played 11 minutes. minutes. Exactly. And I think I saw Illinois had, like, zero points when he was on the floor in the first couple minutes. Well, that's so, yeah. that's good to see. But then, I mean, you if you look at his his box score, I mean, he shot 0 for 3 yeah. from the field. He shot 0 for 3 from the free throw mm-hmm. line. You know, only giving you two rebounds in 12 minutes, which, you know, obviously isn't horrible. But I, I just think it's one of those things where you got to put size out there. And then mm-hmm. Bishan Ishvile, excuse me, um, only playing 13 minutes, him himself getting into foul trouble. That kind of allowed you to take Bingham off the floor and put Gabe Brown on. So I, with all that being said, I definitely think, you know, I, I concur with you guys. I think that is the best starting five mm-hmm. uh, going forward. But, you know, obviously, just like anything in sports, it's going to depend on matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you guys, how do you guys feel about, Kyle Arns. I think I, I've been a vocal team arms leader. I'm rowing the boat for Kyle Arns, but play 16 minutes here, and obviously it's still kind of a question as to how healthy he is, how much he can give this team, but I think really it, it comes down to brass tacks. Him and Brown could be a very interchangeable two guys because, I, I mean, Arns is veteran status. He knows what to do when he's on the floor. He shoots it well. He's been pretty reliable whenever he's coming into the game for Michigan State. He's a leader. Do you mm-hmm. see him more as a bench guy, or do you see maybe him starting and then Brown coming off the bench to give you more of that youth and maybe a little bit more scoring punch from the bench? I would say start Brown because I think that's what Kyle Ahrens would even tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, he would probably say start Brown. So mm-hmm. I agree. I think Ahrens is good to come off the bench when MSU is playing a younger team than they thought they were going to play, and everybody knows that. So certain times in the game, they start kind of falling back, playing a little more immature, and that's when you bring Arns in to bring the team back together. He's seen he's seen a lot of seasons before him. He knows how the game's going to go. So when he sees maybe Rocket Watts not putting up the best shots or Malik Hall maybe with some turnovers or something, that's when you bring Arns in, and he can kind of bring everybody back together. He knows how to play the ball. He knows how um, Izzo wants offense and defense to run. Right, and Izzo still tweaking lineups. That's there's never been a solidified one like we're like we're talking about. So who knows? Maybe he will start Kyle Arns like at the four spot one game. Um, I mean, when he is in, he's hitting threes when he gets minutes, and that's nice to see. But with his physical health, I know that's been a huge issue with him. So I think the smarter move is to start Gabe Brown, but and bring in Kyle Arns, like you guys said. I think I agree with you. But who knows? Izzo could start him. You know. I don't, who knows? It wouldn't be a bad move, yeah. No, I mean, it wouldn't. And it, like we've been saying, it depends on the matchup and, you know, how we feel going into it. And looking at the rest of the front court, obviously Xavier Tillman fills out uh, the rest of it. He was spectacular. I mean, the dunk is going to be talked about that he finally finishes one off instead of trying to go for a layup or not mm-hmm. thinking he has enough room. But he finishes with the dunk, ends up winning this game for Michigan State with it there. But he has been, for everything that we've talked about of missing layups and missing bunnies, he has been the linchpin for this Michigan State team. And I mean, especially defensively, he has been mm-hmm. spectacular. I think, as you said, Kofi Coburn has 11 points in three of six from the field pretty much limits him I mean he was he was slow Kobe Coburn never looked like he had he was comfortable in this game and behind East uh, say it again for me Trent you got Bishan Eastfile there we go (laughs) Bishan Eastfile he has a rough game as well he goes one for seven he takes a couple of threes that he probably shouldn't have taken they probably didn't want him to do that uh Underwood on the other side but the front courts are being shut down, and I think that's a testament to how Tillman is playing and how much of an anchor he is on the defensive end yeah he's I mean he's been I think with all things considered, and obviously you give Cassius Winston a hell of a pass for a lot of things that have happened this year in his life and everything, but Xavier Tillman has probably been the most consistent player this season. 
Um, maybe that's a little bit of a hot take, but I think you know you look, his worst games are at Purdue when nobody played well, and the Spartans had you know 42 points for the game, and then the game against Indiana, which you know wasn't came within a, a missed layup of like having the game winning basket. So um, he's definitely been the most consistent guy. I think like he's if he gives you a double double, you're sitting pretty. I don't I don't care like how anyone else plays. If 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 X gives you a double double. That's kind of an indicator of like how the game's going because he's he is an anchor, like you said, Julian. If he's grabbing rebounds, everybody's grabbing rebounds. If he's shutting down front courts, everyone's shutting down the back courts. So like, he just, I think Xavier Tillman is a nice little. What, what do they call it? He's a measuring stick for the team. Yeah, yeah, I I think he's definitely the most. I would agree the most consistent on offense and defense. I mean, you can trust him even if he's not having a great day on offense. He's still going to show up on the defensive end, and he's always reliable there, which I think the Spartans need. I mean. Tillman's really, compared to Illinois, has a bunch of big guys. Like, Tillman is the biggest guy, and he's one of the only, like, big dominant guys. I mm-hmm. mean, Marcus Bingham's tall, and but I think he's not as dominant as Tillman is defensively. So he definitely, the Spartans need him on defense. I think that's the biggest attribute he brings to the team for sure. Right, and he completes that one-two tandem that we look at of Cassius and Xavier Tillman together, and they're they're very powerful. Um, I thought this was a great game to see him bounce back, especially with that highlight reel dunk at the end. Um, you know, he has struggled with the missed layups against, I believe it was like Wisconsin and Indiana, which cost the Spartans a few games. Uh, but And I think that's gotten in, into his head a little bit, just hearing him speak after games about his missed layups and everything. But um, it's not affecting the rest of, the, of his game, and we could see that clearly with that put-back dunk. So mm-hmm. I was happy for him, and he is very powerful, and he's something that the Spartans need every single game. He needed this one, too. I thought this was a performance for him where he gets on the block against guys where it's a mismatch. That's an easy two points, and he put it in. He puts it in on the dunk. It just seemed he looked more in control and more comfortable out there on the floor in this one and putting in shots. So I thought he was huge, and I think he's been kind of an underrated part of this Michigan State team. And obviously all the talk was was about um, Wisconsin and, and him not finishing the job and not being the guy in Indiana the same way, and people want to throw him under the bus, but I think he, he's been fantastic this season. Um, I do want to ask Trent and Jana, you both were there. You kind of saw the momentum shift in that second half, and while it's a lot of positives for Michigan State, being up pretty much by 20 and then letting the game come down to the final seconds is less than ideal, and a lot of that has to do with Winston sitting on the bench. But for you both sitting there watching it, you got to see that momentum shift. What were the issues that led to that comeback from Illinois? Well, to echo Coach Izzo's words after the game, it was, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said we needed a win. We needed a win against a quality team. And we can all read Tom Izzo pretty well. Um just you know, he he wasn't he was not upset after the loss. Obviously, there's things to work on, but just to go into Champaign, come out with a win after you've lost three in a row against a good opponent, priming yourself up for another game later this week, like that that you can't ask for much more than that. And I don't think Izzo was. Yes, you're up 20, but I mean, all Tom kept saying was that's a good team. Iota Sumu obviously had a great game. Cokeburn played pretty well um, all around, and. You 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 gotta you gotta win against the Big Ten team, and and it was a it was a really quality win. If you look at the standings of the Big Ten, you know Illinois is up there. It's an important one because now if Michigan State does have any chance left at at winning the Big Ten, I mean they do now that they won the game against Illinois. You drop that one, it's going to be really tough to win the conference. So now you escape with a win by any means possible. Your best player didn't play very well, but I guess yeah, I, you you have to leave Champagne pretty pleased. Yeah, the biggest thing about Illinois' comeback was Cassius was on the bench and um, Foster Lawyer was out there, which um, I found this point kind of interesting. Uh, When he was out there, Illinois scored 10 points, and that was the majority of when they got back, which 
I mean, Lawyer in other games, he's shown that he's, I mean, he's not at Cassius's level, but he's able to fill the shoes and do his job of giving Cassius some time on the bench while he can go out there and cover his place, give Cassius a break. Uh, but this game, he just wasn't really there, I don't think. I don't I don't know exactly what was wrong with him, but like, or I think he was a big factor of being out there. Illinois was able to put 10 points up, and even though most of the game they were able to get away with giving Cassius a little bit of a break in, in that stint right there when Illinois got back. I don't know. I just found it kind of interesting that he wasn't – he's proved that he can go out there and be a good part of their lineup, but in this game he didn't really come out yeah, as he's well. still a, a potential liability. Mm-hmm. He's still not Cassius Winston when he's out there on the floor, and that's a question mark Michigan State is going to have to figure out as they they go down in the season. Natalie, I want to get your thoughts as well before we move on. Yeah, I mean, I think it is an issue letting up a 20-point lead. I know Illinois is really good, too. So, I mean, a 20-point lead against anyone I don't think is is acceptable, I guess. But it was it was still – I'm still very happy that Michigan State um, got the win. And, of course, when Cash just got into foul trouble and turnovers, which have been an issue all season, that's where they really got into trouble that second half. Um, and it's hard without Cash just playing in there. You know, but it was nice to see players like Rocket Watts step up and fill those shoes. And Foster Lawyer, the point that you mentioned, Jaina, that is interesting that Illinois did score 10 points when he was in there. So, you know, it's – I don't know, 20 points. I mean, I think that's, I think it is a little bit of an issue, but they came out on top, so that's all you can look at. Like you said, mm-hmm. Trent, too, with Tom still being happy after. Like, you just get, yeah, they they got it by one, and, yeah, you just got to take that and run with it. It is, and I, I think I, I sat with you, Natalie, on some of it because I definitely think, to me, one of the biggest parts I look at is although, you know, Illinois can come back, and they come can come back down from 20 points, to allow them to shoot 48% from the field in the second half and 42% from three-point range and allow them to get to the line 18 times and they make all those at the line, it, that's it's a breakdown from a first half. And I think the problem right now still with this Michigan State team and why, and it's one of our Twitter questions we'll talk about um, when we get there, but they still have not put together two solid halves of mm-hmm. basketball. It's been a, a slow start in the first half, better in the second, or in this game a great first half, not as great in the second. And I, I don't know to me kind of where the issues lie and what gets fixed there, but I, I think long-term the Spartans still have yet to put together a solid performance. And that kind of is one of the questions I had looking at this game. Is, is this, although flawed, probably the best performance Michigan State has had? I think if you – see, it's like I'm playing the game now. Like if you look at the first half, it is. But I, I just think – I guess I'm going to go back to this. My my whole formula for like Michigan State to win games is Cash just gives you 20 points and then maybe seven or eight assists. X has a double-double, doesn't matter in what capacity. And then Gabe, Brown, Aaron Henry, or Rocket Watts, one of them has to mm-hmm. give you 10 to 15 points. If that happens, mm-hmm. you'll win. And and like if you look, that's what, you know, that's how the Spartans win. My thing with like connecting halves, I think that to me is something that is fixable. Because this is a team now that is picking up a little and I say this after they've lost three in a row and won a game, but they're picking up a little it's steam. A huge game, though. It is a huge, huge game. For confidence. And, and you know, we're gonna see versus Maryland tomorrow. I guess whenever people hear this is gonna be today. But um yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully I know we'll, how to we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we can get this out. We never know. But <laughs> I just think it's it's something that it's coachable. Time is still playing with lineups as Natalie you just talked about. I think you're you're gonna figure that out. Certain guys are gonna have their days, they're not gonna have their days, but you need Cassius to be, you know, pretty consistent. You need X to give you a double double and you need someone to get from ten to fifteen points to support. 
And I just think if that happens, Michigan State will play two good halves of basketball. I think it's more about just like the production on the court rather than keeping a continuity of like one game plan and a flow through the game. Mm-hmm. I think that I definitely agree that they need that a third person. It doesn't really matter who it is, but they need someone. What I've noticed is when I'm sitting there and I'm writing like a game story and all I have to highlight is Cassius and Xavier, that's usually not a win. I need when I'm writing, it's usually if there was another guy, if it was Gabe Browner, in Illinois' case, it was Rocket Watts, that's when they get a win, when there's someone else to highlight and be like, this guy really came out, he was consistent, and he did a good job. So I think, I mean, I would argue on the road, this was probably one of their better performances just because of the start. I mean, if we're talking about what, if we were to look at before the Illinois game, we would have mm-hmm. said the answer is going to be the start, how they start. And they did start well. So I think that that shows that they worked on that and they proved that. Uh, they let Illinois get back, but I would argue it's their best road performance because they did start like almost completely opposite of how they've started in all other road games. Right. I completely agree with that point. They've had this trend of these slow starts and then they lose because they can't catch up in time. But starting you know, on fire right out of the gate, players stepping up, doing what they need to do, that, that was a shock, I think, to everyone right away. Like, wow, Michigan State's actually starting really strong from the get-go. And I think, yeah, that lends to itself that you know, this was, I think, their best road performance for sure, at least the first half of it. But it was nice to see a wing step up like Rocket Watts, even though Aaron Henry hasn't. But, you know, you need that. You can't win without another guy stepping up. And it's usually, you know, the Winston Tillman show. But having that third guy is crucial. Like you mentioned, Trent, there needs to be three guys scoring, you know, Cassius with 20, like you said, Tillman, double-double, all that. I think it's important to have three guys with points on the board, significant points on the board, um, and that's what's going to get them a win, and you know that's how they did it against Illinois. I like that. I think, it's to me, it's between this game and, and the Seton Hall matchup. I think those are two of probably the better games Michigan State has played. I definitely think you look at this Illinois game, this is probably the most easily um, replicable. This is the, the, mm-hmm. mo- the game that they can – go and do again. Seton Hall, it kind of relies a lot on Winston having a great game and then Malik Hall also putting in 17 points, which has not happened since that Seton Hall game. And so I do think, well, that was, to me, maybe a little bit better of a performance. I I think this game, this, as Trent said, is this is the way this team is going to end up having to win games with with Watts, Henry, all adding in 10-plus points. And obviously, I think you look at this, if Watts and Henry can be that and Winston can give you what he is shown to give you every single game, it's a pretty tough team to beat, and that maybe that second half twenty point comeback doesn't happen because Winston's involved. He's scoring, he's doing everything, and so be interesting to see where Michigan State goes down the line. But it must needed uh, win here against the Illini Spartans get it seventy to sixty nine. The final score there. We'll move on to our Twitter questions. We got a few Twitter questions here. Uh, we'll hop in the mailbag. Start first with Joe Dandron, who. He was supposed to be here. He texted me he was going to come on the show and then said he got stuck in Capital News Service. Danger, Joe Dandrin. <laughs> Danger, Joe Dandrin. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but he asks, if Michigan State loses tomorrow, is Illinois is the Illinois win for nothing? Jane, I'll start with you first. I, I wouldn't say so. I think the Illinois win, when I talked to the players at practice yesterday, I asked them how they're feeling after Illinois. Do they feel not satisfied, but do they feel... Are they more pumped up? Are they still like feeling extra competitive? And they said that the Illinois win, they needed it. They they needed that to boost their confidence like we were talking about earlier. And they're definitely more pumped up. They have more fire underneath them. They feel more put together and ready to kind of show Maryland who they are. But I think if they lose, um, I they still have Maryland on the road. So I think that the Illinois mm-hmm. win, whether no matter how tomorrow goes, the Illinois win is something they're going to look back 
at when they travel to Maryland in the future. So I, I think it definitely, and it, it puts them back in contention for um, the Big Ten title. I think they were kind of falling falling pretty behind, but now they're back up there and they're, they're going to be able to put up a good fight against Maryland and they'll be able to look back at that Illinois win in future road games as well. Yeah, I don't think this Illinois win, I mean, if Michigan State loses to Maryland, I don't think it'll be for nothing. I think it's significant. I mean, it was a dogfight there at the end, and then we were able to, or Michigan State was able to pull through and win by one. Um, but, I mean, you know, this game against Maryland, you know, this is big. I mean, we're in the middle of a key stretch this season. I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Like, Michigan, Illinois, Maryland, like, this is really big for this team. Like, if they can get all three wins, which obviously right now we're one and one. Michigan State's trying to make it two and one um, tomorrow. But, you know, if we can say we beat the number one team in the Big Ten and a top five team in Illinois, I mean, I think that can put us back in the spotlight. And I think it's a confidence booster for Michigan State, which is very important. Um, You know, you don't want the mental fatigue going into this last stretch, going into March. So, no, I don't think the Illinois win – should be put on the back burner if they lose to Maryland. I think it's still significant. Illinois has been a great team this season. And, um, yeah, I think it's significant. And I think it should be a confidence booster for the guys. So I don't think we should let that go. There's two ways to look at it, in my opinion. Number one is that Michigan State came in on the road as an unranked team and beat a ranked opponent Mm -hmm. in the conference. Like, that is a huge win just based on that. So in that aspect, no. If you're going to look at if, if like, you know, if I can change the question a little bit, can Michigan State still win the Big Ten if, like, you know, they lose to Maryland? Uh, it's going to be tough because then you're putting yourself behind the eight ball a little bit. Look, Michigan State's kind of in a unique situation right now because they still control their own destiny. You've mm-hmm. beaten Illinois twice. You lost to Penn State, but you get to play them again at their place, and you still play Maryland two times, one being tomorrow and the next later in the month. So there, there's a chance like you can still control your own destiny here. Mm-hmm. And if you lose to Maryland tomorrow, it kind of puts you behind the eight ball. You're going to need help. You're going to need other teams to lose instead of just going and taking care of your own business. If Michigan State wins games, they're going to win the Big Ten. If they win out, if they, you know, maybe, maybe they can lose one more. I don't know. It's going to shake out weird. But I, I think if you look at it from that aspect, then – the Illinois game was for nothing, quote-unquote. But I, I definitely think it is a quality win to go in and just get the monkey off your back and win a game because now you have confidence going into the rest of your season. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think uh, I can't say a loss is going to invalidate what was done in Illinois because I think although they were they were favored by Vegas going in, not a lot of people, considering how Michigan State has played on the road, thought that was going to be a win for them in mm-hmm. State Farm Center. And I think going out, getting that win was huge because they could easily have been 0-2 before coming into this Maryland game, which would have put them in a hole in the Mm -hmm. Big Ten, just going into this game mentally. So I think no matter what happens, that Illinois win is going to be huge for them at least to not go 0-3 over this three-game stretch and continue the the losing streak that would have done. So I think that win is going to be big no matter what. What I will say here, and Trent, you said it, a loss here, for one, as tough as the Big Ten Conference is, you have to win your games at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Penn State loss, crucial crucial you can't lose on your home floor and I think here against Maryland although Maryland is a great team nine in the country this is a chance to get one a big one on the home floor where you're not going to have you're going to have to go to Maryland again have to go to Penn State and then you're going to have to then you actually have a home matchup with Iowa and then Ohio State like it's not like anything gets necessarily easier Mm -hmm. along that stretch here so I think a win here 
is massive as far as winning a share of the conference right now. Maryland sits at ten and three in the conference. Penn State's jockeying for a position at nine and four. Michigan State's down there at nine and five. Illinois now at eight and five. This is a huge game towards swinging the rest of the season and trying to come away with a share of the Big Ten title. Um, and will be an interesting matchup, I think, on Saturday. I I think it's a it's a pretty close one. I think Maryland's a very talented team, uh, but Michigan State's coming in with confidence off that Illinois win. It's going to be a a big matchup tomorrow. Um, our next Twitter question from our main man, Zach Serdnick, a fan of the show. Uh, he asked, what percent chance do you think there is uh, Do you think there is that Michigan State still wins at least a share of the Big Ten title? I'm not a huge fan of these percent questions. They always trip me up. Yeah, me, like, me too. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can say a percent, but I'd agree with Trent. I mean, I think it's going to come down to tomorrow's game against Maryland. We'll see that. I I think what you said was really was really smart that – However they do tomorrow, will decide if they can decide their own destiny or if they're going to need help from other people losing. So, I mean, I think it'll come down to that game. I, I They have a chance if they win that game, uh, for sure. Right. I completely agree with both you guys. I think coming in with confidence is key for this team. And, you know, like you said, fulfill, I'm just fulfilling my destiny. Oh, <laughs> there we go. She finds a way to bring up the song. <laughs> she okay, had to so, drop it. You know, so that's like my pump-up song. You know, they play that yes, like yes. At, before yeah. like every game when they run out. Yeah, <laughs> it pumps me up so much. So, yeah, they are, you know, determining their own destiny here. Yes. They, it's true. That, Sorry. That's I great. had to throw I, that in. Your- you just, <laughs> if you didn't, I would have been upset. So go okay, for it. Okay, because you, you kept saying the word destiny in my head over here. I'm just like singing it to myself, and I have to bring it up. But anyways, um... Yeah, I think this win would be absolutely huge tomorrow. There's a lot on the line here. They're coming in with confidence, and it's going to be a tough matchup, just like Illinois. But they do have home advantage, and yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, if they win tomorrow, then I think they'll still have a good chance at getting that Big Ten title. But I think tomorrow's the the game changer for them. If the mm-hmm. Spartans win, I'm going to give the most like terrible like <laughs> answer ever in journalism, but whatever. If the Spartans win tomorrow, I think there's an 80% chance they're going to win the Big Ten. Because I just think after you – look, I, I don't want to like compare this to all these other Michigan State seasons we've had, but the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is Tom Izzo has been here for 25 years, mm-hmm. and we've seen this before. They had their three-game losing streak, and usually they don't look back. So if, if you win tomorrow, now you put yourself on a roll. You beat Illinois, a ranked opponent. You beat Maryland, a top-10 team, and now you're going to you know go forward <laughs> – with the confidence of already having beaten those two teams, you get to play Maryland again. Obviously, it's going to be a more hostile environment, but you're going to have tape at that point. Win or lose, you're going to have things to look at, and you're going to get a second chance. Uh, you're either going to have to hold them off again, or you're going to have to beat them. But um, I, I, I think it hinges on tomorrow. I think we have to wait to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Right now, as we sit here, it's probably 50-50, just because we don't really know. If the Spartans win tomorrow, I'm going to say 75, 80% chance they win the Big Ten. All right. And another thing to add to that, last season at this same time, they were going through a, th- a three-game losing yes. streak. So lost at home to yeah. Indiana, who exactly. was not yeah. good last year. Right. So, so I mean, Game day was here could again. this yeah. be a replica of last season yeah. where, you know, they, they just won against Illinois and a nail-biter and then, you know, they continue to run with it? Who knows? We'll yeah. see. But it could be, you know, that same that same result as last season. Yeah, so yeah, who knows? I think it's kind of funny, um, like, we were, we've, we're saying they've gone through this before. I mean, Tom Izzo has said since the beginning of the season, everyone was like, oh, you're undefeated in the Big Ten. He's like, oh, that's not going to – I mean, I don't know if – he didn't say that, but he said five losses will probably win this league. And, I mean, and now he's saying like, oh, I told all you guys. You yeah. guys are overhyping us. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's funny. Kind of, it's so funny. I was just talking to my dad about it. Like, I don't know why. Obviously, Izzo's been a coach for a long time. Like, he has a lot of knowledge, but it's kind of crazy – 
how well he predicted the season and he knew he almost knew he didn't want his team to lose but he knew this was going to he knew it was going to be not the perfect season everyone kind of thought it was going to be and everyone was talking it up to be at first yeah five losses very much yeah. could end up winning this depending on how michigan state shakes yeah. out murder is roll man yeah. the big ten is it is fantastic. it's going to be crazy to, to to answer the question i go prior to maryland i'll say 60 65 just because I do think as harrowing as maybe Iowa looks like, Iowa doesn't play defense. And I mm-hmm. think a home game against Iowa, I, I think even though Luka Garza is fantastic and has been a fantastic player, that game, depending on how other players play, could end up being a shootout. Yep. And I, I think I'd take Michigan State in a shootout over mm-hmm. Iowa in that one. Um, you also have Tillman guarding Garza. Mm-hmm. And yeah. who knows? You know, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. But if who knows, he's yeah. played anything like he's played these past few games, the Spartans should be all right in that one. We'll, so get, to, we'll get to that. We'll get there when we get we'll there. Get there we'll get there when they get there. It's it's huge, but I definitely think, yeah, Michigan State has a shot at winning it. The thing with Maryland is Maryland does not – the only, I guess you could say, tougher games, they have to go on the road to Rutgers. They play Michigan at home, and they have Minnesota. But outside of that, it's Northwestern at home, Ohio State on the road, um, and then another matchup with Michigan State. They kind of have – you might say one of the the easier finishing schedules. Uh, still, obviously, tough games. The Big Ten so tough, but be an interesting and fun finish to the Big Ten as we round out the season here. Our last Twitter question from Ryan Cole. He asks, "Will MSU ever put together two good halves against a decent opponent, and why not?" And I think they will. I think this is again Illinois. If Watts Henry play that way and Winston chips in twenty points and finishes with ten assists, I think that's your recipe for two solid halves of basketball. Yep, I think they do it, and I think they do it tomorrow. I'll leave it at that. I, I agree. I think I think they'll get there. They're still, I mean, we just talked about it. They've gone through this before. They're still working out the kinks, and it's hard to stay positive about it and think that they're going to be able to pull it out. But I do. I have confidence in them, and I do think they will be able to pull out two good halves, especially if they find that third consistent score. Yeah, I think they're figuring it out. I think we could see that against Illinois. Rocket Watts sort of figured out his game with his career high of 21 points. Um, yeah, if players like Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry can step up to the plate, I think um, they can put together two good halves, but they also have to continue having these fast starts like they had against Illinois, and they also have to reduce the turnovers, which has been huge because teams have scored a lot of points off of those turnovers. So I think if they you know, fix those two issues and then – you know, a third guy steps up and Cassius and Xavier Tillman also have a great game. I think they can put together two good halves. Will be an interesting finish. So that'll be it for our Twitter questions today. Um, last of those, and we'll move on to preview Maryland. That game again uh, tomorrow. Is it 6 p.m. tip? Yes. Yes. Six, yes. Six, six, six p.m. O'clock. tip on ESPN game day. We'll be in attendance. Uh, myself, Trent, I believe Natalie, and I will be there. Jana will be there as yes. well for the state news. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're you're following everybody to get all your content. Uh, a quick preview of this game: Maryland comes in twenty and four on the season, ten and three in the Big Ten. They are at the top alone at the top of the Big Ten conference. They've won seven in a row beginning on January eighth. Their last win was over Nebraska, seventy two seventy. Uh, went through a rough stretch earlier on in the season, but seemed to have figured out, um, letting Jalen Smith and Anthony Cowan lead the way. Looking at some stats here, Jalen Smith in his last five games, 17.6 points per game, 12.8 rebounds, and three blocks, shooting 57% from the field.
field, 38% from three. Uh, I, I think he's the key guy in this game. Cowan is, is going to be huge. Uh, obviously, Henry will probably get that assignment, I think. I don't think Winston's going to get that one, as <laughs> Izzo was not happy with Winston's defense against Desunmu in a couple of possessions in the Illinois game. Um, but I, Smith is going to be the guy to stop. This is a guy who can who can spread you out. He can finish inside. He can do it all. He's a force in the paint as far as blocking shots. Uh, neutralizing, neutralizing him will be key for Michigan State. I completely agree. Uh, I guess if there's one area where Michigan State needs to really key in, it's, you know, obviously you have Tillman. He's probably going to be guarding Smith quite a bit. He's got to sit at some point, right? So, you know, Malik Hall, Julius Marble, Marcus Bingham, Thomas Kithier, whoever it is, someone's got to come in and take that assignment, and they got to do as good as they can with it. You know, just not let things get out of hand. Um, and as far as Cowan goes, he's he's a dynamic scorer. Uh, he can put the ball in the basket a lot of different ways. I would look for the Spartans to throw a couple different looks at him. You know, like you said, Aaron Henry, maybe a little bit of Gabe Brown, maybe a little bit of Rocket Watts. But um, you definitely don't want to put too much defensive pressure on Cassius uh, because you're going to need Cassius' scoring. Yeah, definitely. I talked with Adam Dreyfus. He's a reporter for the Diamondback, which is Maryland's student newspaper. And I asked him about Smith and how they were going or what he thought was the strategy to defending him. Uh, and he said that the only defenses defenses that have slowed down Smith are dominant interior big men or well-crafted zone defenses. But overall, he said it's not easy and Michigan State might have to kind of hope that he's going to have an off day from the three, which I agree with. I mean, Michigan State isn't the most consistent on the three, so I think they're going to have to put Tillman against him for sure, but he's definitely the main guy they're going to have to look for because he's one of the most consistent three-point shooters in the in the league. Yeah, I agree with what you guys said. I think this game is going to come down really close, down to the wire, and um, like I mentioned in the last Twitter question, I think it's going to be all about just, you know, taking good shots, reducing the turnovers, fast start, and, you know, staying on Cowan and Smith and um, just having players doing their jobs at their positions. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's what it takes. It's going to take a lot. I Maryland is an amazing team, number nine in the country. So I think it's just it's going to take all those factors to pull out a win. Yeah. Simple as that. I think it's interesting. Something else I meant or he mentioned when I was talking to him is it's going to be a very similar battle. He said, both teams are, they have similar issues. They have streaky outside shooting, lots of turnovers. Um, Maryland, he mentioned, has the same problem with finding a third consistent um, s- scorer outside of the guard and big man combo like uh, Michigan State has with Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. Um, the reporter I talked to predicted Michigan State would win 65-60. to 60, So I, he acknowledged, it's. he said it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a very close matchup. It's going to be low scoring because both teams have are have a pretty dominant defense, but um, are kind of questionable on the offensive side. So I think it'll be a really interesting game, and it'll be interesting especially to see how Maryland reacts in the Breslin crowd tomorrow with ESPN Game Day here. The 2000 National Championship team will be here as well. So I hope I think Michigan State will have a lot have a lot of energy on their backs to help them, which will pose a big challenge to um, Maryland, knowing how hard road games have been. It'll be big, and I, I think outside of Smith, Cowan is, is huge, and not just for his scoring ability, but the guy can get to the free throw line. And that's mm-hmm. one, if he's able to put fouls on Aaron Henry and Watts and take them out of the game, that's where it can get very interesting. I agree. First off, I love the name. The Diamondback is a mm-hmm. great name. for it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I was, that's that's, that's pretty the cool. first thing when she's like, Diamondback, I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, but great. I definitely think 65-60 is, is, is 
this is going to be a defensive matchup. Maryland is, as far as Kim Pond rankings, they're number five in adjusted defensive efficiency. They've pride themselves on the defensive end. Uh, head coach Mark Turgeon has them has them playing well defensively, and this is it's going to be a close game. And so I'm going to go around. I'm going to end it out here with predictions for this matchup. Who do we got? Um, I'm looking here at team stats for the season. Pretty close all the way around. One area where Michigan State really has a pretty sizable advantage is in assists. I think you trust Cassius Winston. You let him drive. I know that's the most cliche thing in the world, but he is one of the best players in the country. So you you give him the ball, and you let him lead you to a win, and I think that's what the Spartans do. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Michigan State for this one. I think that the matchups are pretty close. I think that they both teams have similar issues. They have similar strengths. They have similar um, weaknesses. So – I'm going to go with Michigan State. I think it's going to be close, and I don't think it'll be very high scoring. But I think that if Michigan State limits their turnovers, stays consistent in shooting, and never lets themselves fall too far behind, they'll be able to take this one. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to put confidence on my side on this one. I think they're going to come in with a lot of confidence, hopefully after a good win against Illinois. Um, like you guys said, probably more on the lower side of scoring too, but I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be a dogfight, just like we saw against Illinois. So, I don't know. I'm just going to throw some random numbers out there, but I think I'll just put Michigan State winning by like a three-point shot, like 63-60 to 60 or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I, I'm not good with the numbers, percentages, all this stuff, but I guess that's that's my guess I'd throw out there. Something in the 60s. Yeah, I agree. So. I like it. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I got Michigan State winning in this one, but Maryland's going to try and play spoiler again. Indiana came on the came to Breslin Center a year ago and, and got it done with game day here. I think they may have honored a team as well that year. I don't remember. But obviously trying to spoil the festivities here at Michigan State here at the Breslin Center will be an interesting matchup. Again, follow everybody, myself, Trent, Natalie, Jaina. We'll all be there. Want to get your Twitter handles going around. Everybody follow. T-Bell 91. Just Jaina Bardall. <laughs> Natalie Kerwin won. There we go. And then at <laughs> J underscore Mitchell 25. Follow me. You know what it is. Uh, we will have woo all woo. the content. Woo woo. woo Big woo. trust. Big trust. Uh, we'll have all the content for you coming out tomorrow, so be sure to keep it locked. At WDBM Sports on Twitter for Impact as well. That's been it for Impact Is Zone. We'll see you all next week. Thanks to Jaina for joining us. Thank you guys us. for having me.